live from Crown Cigars and Ales here in beautiful Brentwood, Tennessee. It's the Stogie Awards, brought to you by the Cigar Cast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. I'm one of your hosts for this evening, Mr. Trey Dedman, and I'm joined as I am every week by Shane Reeves. You know, I've been pondering this for several weeks, and my my... My unadulterated contempt for award shows in general has made this a real hard thing for me to come to grips with doing the Stogie Awards. Why do you have such contempt for award shows? Because it's always, oh, yeah, the money and the sex ain't enough. Let's give them a trophy. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know. You're getting a lot more out of this podcast than I am. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Well, I was speaking in terms of the Oscars, the Emmys, the CMAs, the ACMs, the NAACPs, whatever. Whatever, whatever abbreviation award show happens to be on this Wednesday at 7, generally, you know, that my wife is surely DVRing for some unknown reason. I've never really gotten into the whole, you know, I've done a few Oscar parties. Back when I was in the industry, I'd do Oscar parties and go to Oscar parties, stuff like that. Not the actual, I was not for that level in the industry, but we got excited about it. So I could kind of understand it, but in general, I couldn't tell you the last time I watched an award show just for the sake of it. Yeah, I generally don't watch them. So I said, I said to myself, I said, well, don't worry. Ours won't be like everybody else's. And then Trey opens a show live from Crown Cig- <laughs> Great. Good job. You got to have a little bit of pomp and circumstance. Good, good job on the intro. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're, I'm just amazed that I changed it up and got through it in one take. But you're equally as guilty because you walked through the door and handed out two cigars that both have special kind of, hey, this is a little extra because we're doing an award show. Well, the main reason is I looked in my humidor and I said, what could I bring Trey this week to keep keep him from smoking the Black Lab LE? And I knew you were going to do it. And as I told you before the show, I don't care anymore. It's been over a month. I'm smoking that after the show. Everyone, please send your angry emails and tweets to Trey. And let him know his your disappointment. I can only take so much, Shane. Your disappointment that he... I'm not going to let 2019 go by. I mean, now, granted, it would have been better because I, I probably could have milked this through May getting free cigars from you <laughs> just to see how long you would go oh, to yeah. keep me from smoking the Black Lab. Each, each one progressively better than the last. Yeah, you, I know. You have killed the goose I, what laid the golden cigar. I really have. That <laughs> but, one's on me. So why don't you go ahead and tell the listeners what I'm smoking since I don't really know anything about it. Okay, so a friend of mine went to Cuba and to the Cuba and Habano Festival, and you are legally allowed to bring some cigars back. And one of the things he brought back to me was a Monte Cristo Open Eagle. Now, the Monte Number no. 2 is probably the most legendary Cuban cigar known to man. Yeah. The ele- and I'm not a huge Monte Number no. 2 fan. Neither am I. And also, I was apprehensive about this cigar, but it is the, by far, hands down, best Cuban cigar I've ever put in my mouth. Mm. It lives up to the fabled Cuban reputation for me. The spice, the draw is perfect. I've smoked quite a few of these now out of the box I got. And everything, and the rarity of it is for a long time, it was actually only available at that festival. If you happen to be in attendance at that festival, is the only way you got them. Is that still the case? That's not the case now. They're, they're more readily available now. They're still harder to get to, but anything Cuban's going to be. Right. 
But I thought that tonight I would bring you something special. Well, this is, I, I am tickled to death. It, it definitely has a very different taste when you first light it than anything else that I've smoked in a very long time. When I think of the legendary Cuban cigar, that's what I'm expecting. What is interesting to me is that the other thing that is legendary about Cuban cigars is the, the way they're constructed. They tend to get a little bit tighter draw out of Cuban cigars. That's not the case with this one. No, that This is like, like you like. Yeah, this that's is like through sucking a through a straw. Yeah. Yeah, it's really different. So while you're lighting that up and enjoying it, what I'm smoking tonight... I'm going to smoke the new Drew Estate Herrera Esteli Miami. I've been looking forward to this cigar. For a very long time. Yeah, I've, ever since they announced them, I've wanted to get my hands on this cigar. The wrapper is an Ecuadorian Habano Oscuro, and the binder is Sumatra. The filler is Dominican and Nicaraguan. So that's really interesting. And one of the things Willie Herrera does that really, I think, brings his cigars up for me is his use of Sumatra. Yeah. He, he's a master of he really painting is. with the Sumatra brush. He can get things out of that leaf that others can't. Yeah, that's just one of the things that Willie is so good at is understanding. Because Sumatra's tough. You can over-Sumatra a cigar. Yeah, I, there are a couple of cigars that will remain nameless, but came to mind immediately when you talk about that as being just really over-Sumatra. And it, because it's a, it's a very spicy leaf. But not in the way you think of when you think of like, oh, that's got a little spice to it. It just, it can overpower a lot like putting too much nutmeg in a pumpkin pie. Well, and have you found this with the real Willie Herrera blends? I get nothing off the cold draw. No, nothing it's at all. It's all action when the cigar's lit. But the cold draw, you know, some of them you put a cold draw on them and you get all this different stuff yeah. coming in through. The, the cold draw is sterile. Mm-hmm. And all, which I enjoy. I'm very no, I, happy with that. That yeah, I I do too because it it kind of kind of adds to the mystery a little bit. I think. Yeah, it gives you, and it, it also shows that they're not having strength just for the sake of strength. Right, exactly. Because that I, just like you know AJ Fernandez cigars comes to mind as being you taste that cigar the second your lips touch it, and and it not to say that they do spice for the sake of spice or strength for the sake of strength. But it's just a completely different, complete difference in the tobacco they're working with. <laughs> I'm going to continue to vamp while he do, catches his breath. Do you breath. remember your first cigar? Yeah, I do, actually. It was, <laughs> man, that, that caught you a lot like the Punch Diablo did a few months ago. No, the flavor wasn't what it did. I just happened to take a deep inhale right uh, as that first puff of smoke. Oh, come across my face and it just all went straight down the tube i did that about a week and a half ago and i you would have sworn i'd never smoked a cigar before it was such a rookie mistake well what i was fixing to say i I, what happened was the flavor of the cigar overwhelmed my sense of timing there's a this is going to be a cigar you like there's a lot of coffee in this cigar and for me to say that who's not coffee sensitive you know all the time in here we have people come in and they say I just don't taste the things in the cigars that, that people talk about and the nutmeg and the spice and all that. Some of that's uneducated palate, but some of that is, it's just not, not in, you know, my brother, he's, he'll tell me all the time, I just don't have enough palate to enjoy this particular cigar. Right. But, but and the other piece of that is some, everybody tastes things differently. What, you know, I really like the bitter flavors. Some people don't taste bitter at all. You don't really like bitter at all. 
And, you know, so I think some of that is if if a cigar is very coffee-forward or very, um, you know, um, cocoa-forward, those are bitter flavors. So if you don't like or really taste, you're not going to taste those nuances necessarily. This reminds me of a rich cup of coffee. You know, when you get the sugar and the creamer in it just right. I'll take um, your word for that. This is just really, really, I like this. I might have to pick one draw. of those up for next week. Yeah, on the first draw, this is excellent. Outstanding. But okay, on to the awards. On to the awards. So, yeah, w- w- the the moment we've all been waiting for, what got us out of bed this morning, the 2018 Stogie Awards, presented in 2019. So <laughs> We're only a week late. So the way this is going to work... Um, well, you didn't know if December 29th something new was going to come out it, that we had to talk about. It could have. It's so, just fiscal responsibility. It really is. Well, it's the reason that the Oscars, the Golden Globes, all those don't happen until, you know, it's the same thing. you got to give time for the nominations to come in. Um, but just to lay a little groundwork for the listeners to kind of explain the background of how we arrived at the format tonight, we've got seven or so categories that we both brought a couple of nominations to that we're going to kind of discuss and and announce a winner on the show. We also had a couple of categories that we really knew that we needed to touch on. And much like the Oscars do their technical awards, you know, the week before, we just brought our winners. So we'll kind of each give our winners. If there's a consensus, then great. If not, then there's two winners for that category, but then we're just going to kind of move on from there. Right. We're, we're going to be more about enjoying and celebrating the product than saying this product is better than this one. Exactly. And, and I think that's always what's best is when you're going to celebrate the art as a whole as opposed to raising one above all of the others. No, absolutely. And that's, you know, and, and I had a heck of a time going through this list. You know, when we de- developed our categories and we started talking through and, and I went down and started thinking about what... I had a really hard time narrowing down my nominations on a lot of these categories. Yeah, it was kind of, it was, it was a mental exercise, one everybody should do, because it actually made me take some notes. Hey, go back, don't forget to go back and smoke this cigar again. Right. Because as you're filing through your mind and you're looking at old, you know, I looked at old cigar cast episode links and thought about and thought back to that episode. And when I, as I was going through all that, it's, oh yeah, I need to hit that cigar again. I don't need to let that, that one sleep on me. Yeah, I, I did the same thing. So, our first award this year goes for Rookie of the Year. Trey, what are your two dominations for Rookie of the Year? This was, this was a strong category for me. So, the Rookie of the Year, I, mm, I, forget which, I, had, I forgot which one I took off of my list. Okay, so the four <laughs> nominees that I have for Rookie there of the Year. Go. Thank you. I have the Don Gonzalez Sumatra, which I really enjoy. I have a box of them. I've had a lot of fun with. The Hoya Silver. Which I have really loved. The Romeo San Andreas. I've smoked 10 or 12 of these at least. As have I. And the Macanudo Inspirado Red. This was, there were probably three other cigars that didn't make my nomination, and it wasn't because they weren't good. It was just because of how much these cigars. Now, I haven't had the Don Gonzalez, but. The, the other three on that list just stood out as being, uh, in the case of the Hoya Silver, it was everything I was expecting it to be. In the case of the Inspirado Red, it blew me away by how much better it was than I was expecting because it wasn't even on my radar before I had it. Now I've smoked, you know, a dozen or so of them. And then with that, that Romeo and Julia San Andreas, it was just 
it was everything you wanted out of that cigar, especially as a follow-up to the 505 Nicaragua. Yeah, you know, the, um, the Sumatra is a great cigar, but I think this is really a race between the Silver and the Romeo San Andreas. I completely agree. And I'm interested to see who your vote. I think my vote is going to be for the Hoya Silver. I think I'm going to vote the Hoya Silver also because of, you know, there's the intangible factors. Availability and budget. At yeah. some point, you've got to say, okay, the lower price cigar gets a little weight. It does. And th- that's not to take anything away from the San Andreas, which is a phenomenal cigar, but... I'm not seeing it on the shelves everywhere anymore. You know, it seems like everyone took a shot at it when it first came out, and it's not really been repurchased, and I don't know if that's because of the speed it sold or if it's just an availability issue. Not issue, but if it's a, con- you know, if it comes from availability. But that, that Hoya Silver, I also find the San Andreas wears my palate out a little more than the Silver. I love the San Andreas, but it's harder to find a good follow-up cigar right after I've smoked the San Andreas, whereas the Hoya Silver plays very well as either my first or last cigar of the night. It doesn't. It tends to to play well with others a little bit better, and that's kind of what gave it the edge for me. Oh, it's the utility cigar. Last week I was sitting in the deer stand. I fired one of these up and was enjoying it thoroughly from front to back. It's a cigar that, as my wife has got out of flavored cigars, I've been able to put in her hand for that step up. Um, hands down. Um, rookie of the year has got to be the Hoya Silver. I absolutely remind me to send them a trophy. All right. So a quick technical award. Let's talk about the sleeper cigar of the year. Now here's what how I define a sleeper. A sleeper is the cigar that you walk by in the humidor all the time that you probably should stop and smoke more often. Absolutely. And for me, that cigar is the Romacraft Cro-Magnon. And, and I say that because even though I smoke it fairly regularly, I see so many people walk in and out of here, and especially back when, in the day when I was behind the counter, that this fits their palate. But because their boxes are relatively plain, their bands are relatively plain, and they're an unknown boutique, I see people walk by this cigar all the time, and they just don't know what they're missing. Well, my entry in this category is the La Aurora Preferidos. Now that they've repackaged them, I'm cheating. I'm, I'm listing six cigars instead of right. one. But the La Aurora Preferidos, in the different labels, there's the Nicaraguan, there's the um, Corona, or not Corona. Corojo. Corojo, thank you. The Connecticut, the Broadleaf. Right. There's, there's, there's something for everybody. And for a long time, they were only available in the tubes, and they were about 20 bucks a smoke. Now they're down around that $11, $12 range. And at that price point, they're a phenomenal cigar. And I think some people are probably scared off by the fact that they've never had one because of the tubes. And I think, I think it's, that's the reason why people walk by it more often than not. But I've got to say, as you know, comparing your winner versus mine, I actually like your answer better. And I think you make a very good point that if we were to... to you know, Don, a, a true winner of that category. I think you're right. The Preferidos, more so than the Cro-Magnon, it absolutely exemplified the definition of a sleeper. Yeah, I think I think it's it's the sleeper for a good reason. The other thing, you know, twelve dollars for the five, you know, they're five by forties. Yeah, and all that's a small cigar for twelve dollars. It is. It is. You know, they could cut that price three bucks and sell me a whole lot more of that particular smoke. No, they absolutely could. And all, but coming back to the main categories, 
uh, a category near and dear to Trey's heart. This is, which is why it's so surprising that I didn't bring many nom- as many nominations as you did. Yeah, I figured you would have them running out the... Well, you know, I didn't experiment this m- very much this year. You know, typically I'm trying new stuff throughout the year. This past year, I mean, I've got my Julius and my XI3, and that's all I've used. Well, the category we speak of is accessory of the year. Oh, sorry. I kind of buried the lead a little bit. That's okay. <laughs> and I, well, I, kept, I kept thinking Trey's going to say it's accessory. But anyway, the accessory of the year this year. So our nominees are? Our nominees are the Quasar Cutter from Calibri, the Big Cube. I use one every time I smoke on my back porch. Love that, that cutter. The Calibri SV Cut. Which I've used a handful of times, and you never leave home without it. Oh, yeah. it's I love it. Cuts both sides. Great cut. Unless your wife steals it off the table. Yeah, my wife stole stole mine. Well, she likes that cutter because whatever you cut with it stays in the cutter. So right. she doesn't get tobacco pieces on her clothing. Right. So she'll always reach for that cutter as opposed to any other. I think I own two or three of them. Yeah. And I'll just, through acquiring them. Um, the Lotus Colossus Lighter. Have you, and I've noticed over the last couple of weeks that you've really dialed in your skill level with that lighter. It is taken, it's a four jet butane lighter. And it that lives takes up to the name skill. Colossus. Let's yeah. say that. But it has the scissors, it has two different sizes of punch on it. It You can take just this lighter with you in the deer stand and get fire to any cigar you bring with you. It is an all-in-one workhorse accessory. Yeah, just been, I've enjoyed it. I have two of them. I've really enjoyed both of them. Um, I do lean more toward lighting with the Julius just because I'm kind of in a soft flame frame of mind, but I can, I can have a nice soft light with the Colossus now that I have practiced. And the last is the cigar poker that Shane Kimbrough made us. Yeah. You know, that one was one for me because I have never, you've been a cigar poker guy for a very long time. You know, since I've known you, you've always keep one in your kit that when that when the cigar gets down to where you can't hold on to it anymore, you just stick it through, and it gives you a little extra time with your cigar. I have never been a cigar pin or poker guy. However, that being said, and I believe Shane calls them nubbers, is what he calls them. Until I got that one that he gifted us earlier in the year, I've never used one, and now I find myself using it all the time. I mean, I've, I'll pull out my pocket knife and I'll use that, but that's only on a, a rare occasion. But... You know, in terms of being a game changer for me in changing the way I enjoy my cigars, that had a significant impact for me this year. Well, that's always the physics and the manipulation of the cigar is very important. Mm -hmm. And the the poker is a huge part of that. It really is. You know, that's not to say I'm necessarily going to develop a kit and carry one around with me all the time like you do. But anytime I smoke and I have it nearby, I'm going to use it. Well, in life, you're either a kit guy or you're not. It's true. You know, there's a lot of people, most, I'd say 80% of people are not kit people. But you and I both are. Right. I'm a kit guy. I want everything in a kit. I want to know where it all is. I want it back in there every time. Well, case in point, the, the fact that we spent 20 minutes before the show started talking about the new case for all of our gear and all the stuff you can do. And the, like, we are, we are both guys that get excited about organizing our stuff and making it easier to use. Well, and just in general, life is easier. When you don't have to look for stuff. Yeah. Last week, I got ready to leave the house and could not find my keys. 
I called my wife. I said, hey, are my keys still in your car? She said, yes. And her car was in Cool Springs, 30 minutes from my house. All I did, walked to my safe, opened my safe, reached right there where the spare keys stayed, picked up the spare keys, and went on about my business. Right. Just bang, 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 that easy. And it, it saves you time. It saves you heartache. And it saves you know, some, some friction in your marriage of having to, why didn't you, da, 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 you know, you don't have that. And you're like, okay, I, I can adapt and overcome. Yeah, I just walked right out there, picked it up. But anyway, back to the winner for accessory of the year. Got to be the it's SV gotta cut. Got to be the SV cut. Yeah. It, it, as someone who is a little bit against it when it first came out, I have used it enough that I have really found a lot of utility in that cutter. You know, it's it's not that big when you really get down to it at the end of the day. And it gives you that versatility and it's such and, and it provides such a good cut. So it's not only just convenient, but it's good at the job it's designed for. Well, and it's great if you're at the cigar shop and somebody says, hey, you got a cutter, you can hand it to them and they get to choose. Am I, do I want a V cut? Do I want a straight cut? Right. They can flip it right around. Now, everybody has trouble finding the little button to open it. Why, I have no idea. But it's just such a great accessory. And I like that it has a little heft to it. It's not, you know, I'm forever losing Zycar XI3s because they have so no heft. You don't. Yeah. I, no, I completely agree. I And I've, we've both spoken on the show before about how much we like our stuff to have a little bit of weight to it. You know, I, especially back in the day when I would drink a lot, you know, you never know if you're going to remember to put something in your pocket. If your lighter has a little bit of weight to it like that Julius does, I know if that's in my pocket or not. Yeah, I carry a larger pocket knife for that reason. Mm. You know, a small single-blade pocket knife would do most of the things I want to, but I carry a larger pocket knife for that reason. So I always know I can reach right in my left pocket and know the lighters or the cut, the pocket knife is there. Right, it exactly. is a cutter. In the, <laughs> if the you're most, desperate enough. In the most sincere definition of the world, it is a cutter. And also, our next technical award, Surprise of the Year. This is the cigar that kind of surprised us, that came out of nowhere. What is your nominee? Mine is the CAO Pilon. It came out of nowhere for me. I had one for the first time at the beginning of the year, and I've smoked a dozen at least since. It's not something, it's a little lighter than I would normally smoke, so it's not something I ever would have grabbed. But once Sean put it in our hands that night, I've been going back to the well, and I was really blown away by not only for the price, but just how good it is in general. My mine is going to be the GTO Solomon. That's my candidate. Um, seen, seen Oscar there at the cigar room all the time, selling his cigars when I would go there for events and things like that. Outstanding guy. Never found the cigar of his that really suited my palate until I tried that Solomon. And it just came alive for me. It's a good cigar. It's one I've only had a handful, maybe two or three of ever. But it is a good cigar. And it, it, it's not, it didn't really surprise me because I didn't find that it varied so much from the rest of his stuff. But, I mean, in terms of, in terms of the way you came to that cigar, I think absolutely. And it is a phenomenally good cigar. But we've got to give it to the Pilon. Yeah. The Pilon has got to take the award home because I do agree with you. It didn't come in with a bang, but it's just a good, stable cigar. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it's been around forever, too. Well, let's step away for a quick break. And when we get back from the Cigar Under 8, let us 
call out the cigar under eight of the year. All right. Well, we'll be that, back with that and more after this. Welcome back to the Cigar Cast. This is Shane sitting here across the table from Trey. Welcome back, everybody. And we're in the midst of the Stogie Awards. In rarefied air, I think it's gone well so far. I think so. We're hitting on some really strong players in, no, that came out this year. Nobody walking by has threw a cigar at us and said, how dare you? I mean, I, I wouldn't mind the cigar, but well, I, well but, but everyone's a critic. Throw it gently. Yeah, exactly. We don't want to damage the wrapper in this process, but... Fittingly enough, we always do the Cigar Under 8 during the break, and we're coming back with the award for this year's Cigar Under 8. Would you like to read the nominees? Uh, I only have... And the nominees are... (laughs) I wasn't updating my list because I saw you taking notes. I was like, oh, Shane's got it. He can read the nominations. See, I did that on purpose because I don't want people to think we prepared too much for the show. But if we over prepare for the show, it would be obvious. Yeah, we'll get we'll get notes and messages how we sold out and all those sort of things. I'm just saving us. Okay, well, it, it, it's a it's a it's a tough job, but I'm glad you're doing it. The cigar under eight nominees are the Oliva O series, classic cigar, classic cigar flavor, and one that I kind of rediscovered this year, the Brick House, and. The a 92 rated cigar under $8. A staple of the Crown Cigar Poker Game Pot. And and a really good cigar. I mean, in the, the 52 weeks we played poker last year and the 36 of them I won, there was always a brick house in the pot. I noticed you guys didn't start last night. Well, the guys that are sports guys here are very respectful of the poker game. And I, I commend the guys here at the shop. I, they, the sports guys that are super into it, they, they watch their sports, but they don't overpower our poker game. Well, it was New Year's Day. There's lots of sports. You lots don't want to. you know, bowl games and everything like that. And wanted I, to play it forward, pay it forward a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and I said, hey, fellas, let's not have a poker game. It's going to be New Year's Day. It's not going to be well attended anyway. So let's just let the guys have the have the TVs in the run of the shop for that night. Which is really funny because it was dead in here and the volume was really low. Yeah, well, Ohio State <laughs> was playing. Anyway, back to the <laughs> task at hand. The Charter Oak. This is, we have spoken so highly of this cigar yeah, all year there, long. There's really nothing left we can say about the Charter Oak. And the Tarano Vault Yellow Label. Which I have really enjoyed this year. You know, I have smoked a lot of that that vault series and it blew me away, but it's got to be the Charter Oak this year for me. It's hard to beat the Charter Oak. I would, I would say this is, again, this is a contest that comes down to two cigars, Brickhouse Charter Oak. Yeah, absolutely. And Charter Oak hangs with it in price. The availability of Charter Oak sometimes can be iffy just because they are so good. Right. But I agree. We've, this must be given to the Charter Oak. I think, you know, the Brickhouse is classic, you know, and the Brickhouse Maduro brings a little bit more flavor to the party than the Connecticut, and I think that makes it a really strong player in that category. But the Charter Oak flavor-wise, I mean, I just had one this afternoon. It just, it's, 
I don't want to say head and shoulders above the brick house, but it is a next level to me. For the veteran cigar smoker, the Charter Oak is the cigar and drink. Yeah, it, it absolutely you know, is. Now, if you're, if you're a rookie, if you only smoke, you know, three or four a year, um, I don't know that the Charter Oak necessarily is that cigar. Right. But we're speaking to the veterans. Exactly. Another technical award this year. The most flavor-forward cigar we smoke. Now I think I know what your answer to this one is. I'm sure you were here when it, you were here when it knocked my it, socks off. It's got to be the Punch Diablo. Punch Diablo. It, it's powerful. It's strong. It's not as much, not so much in the larger size, but in the Toro, this is just a absolute bomb that goes off. And, and even though I didn't experience that when I smoked it, I'd say that has to win. Although my for me this year, the Flavor Ford cigar was that Aganorsa Leaf Corojo. I have never tasted Corojo so pure in Corojo flavor as I have that cigar. I mean, it. if you listen back to the show, which was, I think, in the late 70s, I couldn't stop talking about how it was Corojo done right. And when I talk about Flavor Forward, it wasn't overpowering or strong in that regard. It was just so pure and true to the leaf. And, and I cannot say enough good things about the Agonorsa Leaf. That being said, for what that Diablo did to you, that's got to take this category. Our next category, the special release Cigar of the Year. They had, this must have been released in 2018, and it must be a special release. It can't be something that's a regular production cigar. Exactly. My two entries, I, ent- I submit to you, Tatawahe the Bride, the Monster Series, uh, my bride won a box of them in the Monster game, and I've enjoyed one of them, and I brought one of them to you, right. and I think the rest I'm going to let age a year because those monsters like to age. Mm-hmm. And then the Romacraft Slobberknocker. Which I still haven't had just because of its size. It's not a size of cigar that I like. Yeah, it's just a huge cigar. Yeah. I mean, it's it, you know it's seven inches long. It's 58 ring gauge. It's Solomon-type style. It's, it's everything. It's a lot of cigar. It is a lot of cigar, but... Anything Romacraft puts their hands on, you know I'm there. So my two entries for this category were the Crown Heads Mule Kick. And, you know, I've got to say, and I have on the show before, I'm not a huge Four Kicks fan. Of It's probably my least favorite of their line. But that Mule Kick, they took that blend and did something with it. And I was blown away by how good that was. And then to keep it from being an all crowned Heads category for me, which it could have been... Uh, the Avo Improvisation 30 Years, which I just had about a month ago. And, you know, I, I fell back in love with Avo this year a little bit. And that's one of the things that's been so great for me about us doing this show is that I, I've had the opportunity to smoke a lot more cigars that I had maybe put on the back burner for a few years. And Avo was one of those. And that Improvisation 30 Years is a little bit pricey at about 13 14 bucks, I think. But, man, it was Avo. It was just, it was classic. This was blended and released after Avo Vazian passed away, but it was such a classic, true-to-form flavor for them that I really, really enjoyed it. Well, and you know, it's interesting. You have founders like Padron, like, like Orlando Padron, who had a hand in blending and had a hand in that. And then you have founders like Avo Vazian and Jonathan Drew, who had a had a hand in the culture of the company, right? And I'll, just because you're not there blending every cigar does not make you less of an owner, right? Exactly. And also, my vote 
this year, special release. I've got to go the Avo. Yeah, I, I do too. I, I think I there was there was there were so many good special releases this year, but that one for me just captured the brand so well and was a phenomenal cigar. Well, and I would like to you know if we were giving a company the award, I would like to give it to Crown Hits. Oh, absolutely! They knocked their special releases out of because not my you know my honorable mention on that was the Buckeye Land, which I think counts as a special release because it's regional only. But you know that you know they crowned heads really took special releases to the next level. The this year's Los Calaveras also. Um, but anyway, not enough about them. The Avo Improvisation definitely takes this category this year. Definitely to get the Stogie. So real quick, quick break to ask you. Tell me the Open Eagle. <coughs> Good timing. So it, it's it reminds me a lot, and it makes sense that it would. It reminds me a lot of the H. Upman Cuban that I had a few years ago. It's, you're right in that it is, it, it, you can really taste the Cuban difference in this cigar. And that's not to say that it's necessarily better or that it isn't better, but it's just different. You know, it's, it's drawing so quickly. I'm really smoking through it quite, quite fast. I'm, I'm trying to put it into words what it is that makes it different, but it's hard to do. Um, it's, it's just very dry. Yeah, very dry tobacco. Yes, um, but it's and there's no spice to it whatsoever. But the there's a little bit of savoriness and a little bit of kind of oaky earthiness to it that is really really doing it for me. It's it's what I when I think of the Cuban cigar flavor, I think of that cigar. Although I've got to say if. If memory serves me, when I get down about another inch, this thing's going to really come alive. I have found that Cuban cigars in that last quarter just explode with flavor and strength. It'll be interesting to see. When we wrap it up, we'll, I'll ask you again and see if it come alive for you. The Herrera Esteli Miami is just so rich and coffee and cocoa and nutty. And the Sumatra is there, but it... You have to think about it to know the Sumatra's there. It's You can tell this is the product at the hand of a master. Yeah. You can tell a master blender has laid his his work. This could be his opus at all. This That's is just, high praise. Yeah, this is just an absolutely wonderful cigar. Probably won't never replace the shade for me, but just a wonderful cigar. Our next technical award, the best luxury cigar of the year. And all, and luxury cigar being that cigar that when everything goes right, when your you know when your dog wins the Kentucky Derby, when you've had that amazing week and you wish to purchase that cigar. And I actually for for my nomination or for my entry here, I actually had one of these on the show a few months ago. Uh, it's the Julius Caesar. You can you can you can have your Padron anniversary. You can have your Liga, and I love those. They are phenomenal cigars. But there's something about that Julius Caesar that because it's harder to find than the Padron anniversary. If I'm really seeking out that next level celebration cigar, that Julius Caesar is it for me. See, I'm always, but I've never had a Julius Caesar at all. I'm doing the Padron 1964 anniversary series. I like the 64 better than the 28. 26. Or 26. Which you and I disagree on. I, I prefer the 26 to the 64. But difference in price-wise, that 64 actually is 
is better if you take that into consideration. Yeah, if, you, if you're if you're talking price per inch, yeah, you're probably talking about that. But the best luxury is a Padron sixty four. I'll let you have it. That um, availability. I have to. Yeah. I, I have to give it to the Padron on availability. Yeah, you you are much more likely to find that wherever you go than you are that Julius Caesar. But if you do yourself a favor and get one because they are amazing. Well, we're rapidly heading toward best to show, but now for the category. I've put more work into this category, and this is my favorite category of the Stogie Awards. You have been talking about this particular category for a very long time and and always talking about cultivating new ideas and, and new entries for it. This is the workhorse cigar of the year. And narrowing this down to four cigars was very difficult. Because there's a lot of really good workhorse cigars out there to be had. And let's face it, that's a, that's a, a my major portion of our market. Well, and that's where, that's where cigar shops and cigar companies make their money. You know, you're going you're gonna to do some good things on your special releases. You're going to do some things on your higher-end stuff. But that workhorse cigar, which is an everyday, budget-friendly cigar that's always good for the occasion. And I just realized I left one off of my list, but it's too bad. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we this list could be twenty cigars it, it long. Really could we be. could do a top twenty five fairly easily on Workhorse Cigar of the Year. I had such a hard time narrowing my list down, but but the four nominees are the Undercrown Shade, and it, it had to be on the list for you. Yeah, the La Aurora DNA, DNA. Both of us have spoken highly about it, and I had my first one this year in two thousand eighteen. I know it came out the year before, or. Yeah, it came yeah, out it came in out 17. 17. But I, I had my first one in 18, and wow. And you had your first 20 in 18. Yeah, oh, at <laughs> least. I've, I've smoked more than a box worth of that cigar. Oh, definitely. The Padron 4000 series. Which is still a cigar that I smoke every Friday. Yeah, you walk into the shop, he just hands you one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you, every you Friday. Just pre- you could just go ahead and buy a box, and he could just hand you one every Friday. Right. That's what I should do. In fact, Noel's been telling me that that's how I should buy my Padrones, just to get the box discount because of how many of them I smoke. And from my father's cigars, the Jaime Garcia. Which is another, which is one of those cigars that I think is, I think that's the best in the My Father line. I really do. I... But that's one of those that comes down to availability for me. I can't give that the win in the category because you only ever see the Robusto and the Bellicoso. And the Toro, granted, I'm partial to that size, but for me, having had all the other sizes, it doesn't get better than that Toro. It is just a different cigar in that size. So that brings us to three, the Shade, the DNA, and the 4,000. I'm going to eliminate the 4,000. My vote for elimination of the 4,000 is I don't want to smoke a Padron every day. That's fair. I want a Padron to be special. And a workhorse cigar should be one that you can smoke every day. Right, that not only can you, that you want to. Well, yeah, you know. That's, uh, for me, the name Padron holds such reverence. And, you know, Glenda and I were talking about it. She really likes Padrones. By, by the way... I've placed a death threat on anybody in here that gives her an anniversary series because they'll drive me to the poorhouse. I've got her to second mortgage your house. Yeah, I've got her in the fourth house. Every time somebody walks by with a Padron in their hand, I point at them, keep it in your pants, <laughs> because I do not want her getting her hand on an anniversary series. Because then, and then it's all over. Second job, mortgage the house, mortgage the dog will have to win the derby. Yeah, exactly. You know, all of those things. So I'm going to take the four thousand out, which and leaves us. 
And it leaves us with, with it, it's got to be the DNA. It just has to be. I, I, the Shade's a great cigar. It's not my flavor. I, I, don't, I, I don't think I smoked one at all in 2018. It's a great cigar. It's not my cigar. I have to give the nod to the DNA because of universal appeal. Absolutely. You will find people that don't enjoy the Shade. Mm-hmm. You, I've found zero that did not enjoy the DNA. I'm sure you're out there, but I have not found you. And for me, I find that remarkable with the fact that that cigar uses the Enduyo tobacco. Typically, cigars that use a unique fermentation process or a unique leaf in their cigar tend to have polarizing qualities or at least find a smaller audience. But with that DNA, it's not the case. You know, I can say the same for the Charter Oak as well with that Indonesian tobacco, which is somewhat unusual. Yeah, somewhat exotic. Um, interesting that it finds such mass appeal, but that DNA, I have smoked so many of those cigars. A couple of quick technical awards before we get to best in show. I know we're running right on the timer tonight, keeping right in line with it. Um, the best cigar I smoked on the show this year. And this is not really a winner or loser. I think we're just both going to name our best cigar on the show. It was the Florida Sun Grown Experimental for me. I picked it up while I was down at Corona Cigars, and it I cannot wait. I'm going to fly back down to Florida to go fishing with my daddy at some point in February or so, and I'll definitely go by Corona to pick up another Florida Sun Grown Experimental. For me, it was this year's Los Calaveras. In terms of cigar, because that was a cigar that I smoked on the show without any prior experience. And I wish I could remember which episode that was. I fell in love with that cigar on the air, and you could hear that, you know. And, and just thinking back on all the wonderful cigars that we've smoked over the course of this past year, for me, that Los Calaveras stood out. So the other technical award, our best guest of the year. Um, so... I've got actually five guests on this list. Okay. Because I feel they all should be mentioned because I really, before I say this was my favorite one of the year, I really feel like these all five of these should be should be mentioned. John, it, is, it is really hard to, to say your favorite person, you know, out of a group of people. Yeah, it's picking your favorite child. Exactly. Um, Jonathan Brandon. Had him on his, several times. Had him on several times. Got, him, got his job with Caldwell this year. Very excited for Jonathan. Love to see a young man whose life is going the right direction. Absolutely. Sean Hardiman from General Cigar. And a great guy. Brought a lot of cigar knowledge. Um, he brought so much to the table. And one of the guests that I've, that I've gotten a lot of feedback from our listeners on how much they enjoyed that show as well. Nate McIntyre with La Aurora. Absolutely. Miami Cigars, excuse me. Right. And all he introduced us to the Toscanos, gave he us did. the Toscanos story, and Nate, great guest, wonderful guest, Jay Drescher, always a favorite of the show, Our, great friend of the show. Yeah, not a huge cigar knowledge thing when you have Jay on, but a lot of fun. Right, absolutely. Oh, Jay's just fun to talk to. I could just sit and talk to Jay for hours and a half. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy Labriola, which, and I'm still kicking myself over the fact that that show took place right after our old gear was stolen and the audio quality was not up to our standards because I feel like you lost some of what he brought to that episode. He did such a good job of, of bringing his personality out and bringing ours out as well. I really enjoy every time he stops by the show. For the winner, I've got to give it to Jimmy. So interesting is that I gave it to Nate and I have 
a, a, an objective reasoning for that. Number one is that he turned me on to the DNA on that episode. And with, without him being on our show, he would not have given us the, uh, the Cigar Under 8 for the, or the Workhorse Cigar of the Year. He also, uh, something that we're going to talk about in a minute, is the best cigar experience I would not have had without Nate. I just give it to Jimmy, and they're going to be co-winners. We are naming them co-winners because I left that show, and the first thing is in my mind was that's why I started podcasting. Right. You know, I got home. I was so excited. I told my wife. I said, that's, that's the show. That's the reason I started podcasting was for that show. Right. And just absolutely co-winners of that. One more technical award, then we're going to give away the big one. Best cigar experience. You alluded to it. By all means, please relay unto me your best cigar experience this year. So this past June, I got the opportunity to go to Italy. And they don't smoke a lot of cigars in Italy. Everyone still smokes cigarettes. But because it was June in Italy, the weather was amazing. And the way that culture is is that everyone just kind of sits outside in the piazzas and the squares and things. And I was, I was in Bologna, Italy. It was our first full day there. And we had toured the city a little bit, and then we decided to sit down at a little cafe, have some coffee, and just kind of hang out the way the locals do and just enjoy our time there. And I smoked a Toscano Antico. And it was not, you know, they're the cheroot-looking cigars. I wouldn't go, I wouldn't denigrate them so much as call them a cheroot, but it's what what they look like. And just sitting there in the middle of Bologna next to the fourth largest church in the world and just watching the people walk by. And there's a picture uh, that that my sister took of me while I'm smoking that cigar, and you can just see how happy I am. And to me, that was the best cigar I smoked all year. For me, so yours is very exotic and very enjoyable. A great, great cigar experience. Very exotic. A lot of fun to go do that. Mine's, mine's more mundane. I got to come in, and Mr. Drescher and I had a guy date, our date night. <laughs> and I got a JFR lunatic the great big one out of the humidor. And we spent about three hours discussing life and all its iterations. And that, to me, was just an amazing cigar experience. We got to share. He had just got back from England. We got to share all the things from his trip and all the things that have been going on in my life since then. Meeting with the Brain Trust and enjoying a JFR lunatic was my experience of the year. Excellent. Well, I've got one more on the technical that I just want to highlight. I don't know if you have an entry for this. It was one that we talked about, but I do want to make sure and give um, a plug. So visiting Cigar Shop of the Year. This was one that when I was in Phoenix at the end of October, I got the opportunity to go over to Don's Cigars, which is right on the north side of downtown Phoenix. And I've got to say, you know, I travel a, a lot and always check out a new cigar shop whenever I'm in a new town. And one of the things that always stands out to me are how well people are welcomed when they know that you're, they've never seen you before. And they talked to me for a little while, and they talked about the show, and you know, they were just so welcoming, and, it was, and their selection and prices were amazing, and I just felt very at home, even though I was 1,700 miles away from home. My shop is going to be the Cigar Room in Madison, Alabama. We went down there several times this year. Um, The most memorable was for the anniversary party. There were eight reps there. 
and they were giving away prizes, and everybody's seeing the picture of the table full of prizes that I won. Right. And Donald down there does such an amazing job with that shop. The customer base there is the they have ownership of the cigar shop, but nobody feels entitled. And it just creates such a great environment. Definitely my visiting cigar shop of the year has got to be the cigar room in Madison, Alabama. Excellent. All right. All right. So here it is, the moment we've all been waiting for. The Cigar Cast or Cigar Cast Stogie Awards. Best of show. This is the this is our version of the cigar of the year. The four nominees are the Ramon Ayones. Wonderful cigar by AJ Fernandez. Has a lot of flavor, has a lot of profile. You've not said a bad word about it. Outstanding. Made number 25 quite unfairly on the cigar aficionado list this year. I think it should have been number one. But absolutely a wonderful cigar. A staple. The Drew Estate Feral Flying Pig. That is such a phenomenal cigar. Amazing cigar. I keep I keep them with me at all times in my humidor. And when I'm celebrating something special, it's hard to be a feral flying pig. It, it's Padron money and Padron value. Right. And it's from Drew Estate. The 2018 Fuente Añejo. Now, there was a little controversy between us when we first brought this up, but I think this absolutely... Because the Añejo comes out at the same time every year, a lot of people think of it as a special release. But the fact is, it is a consistent line. It's the same blend every year. It it just happens to be released in limited quantities at a certain time of year. But I think it is part of their regular line. You can count on it, and you know what you're getting when you smoke it. I think it absolutely deserves to be in this category. And the Davidoff 702. Which I had one of these a few months ago. And as someone who's not a Davidoff fan in, in general, this thing, and it may have had something to do with the, uh, the situation, which I had, but, but that cigar, just on its own merit, taking the situation, taking the location, everything out of it, that cigar did something for me that I've never had a Davidoff do. And I think it really deserves being highlighted in this category as being one of the best tasting constructed cigars that I've, that I had this year. So when we start breaking down the categories, the Ramona Yones, we have to eliminate because you have not had the opportunity to smoke one. Right. I can't ask you to name a cigar of the year that you have never smoked. So, as deserving as it may be, I think we got to pull it out of the hopper. So, if I tell you that I'm going to save the Black Lab LE till next week, can I count on you to bring one to keep the streak alive? Is that how that works? <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'm, I'm, I'm rather, hey, honey, I got to run down to Florida. <laughs> Maybe I can find one a little closer than Orlando. I'll have to find an AJ Fernandez shop. If I call you and I hear all the windows down in your truck and Jimmy Buffett blaring in the background, I'll know where you're going. That's right. You'll know where I'm headed. I also, for that same reason, got to knock off the Davidoff 702. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. You know, it, it, and for the yeah, for the exact same reason, it doesn't doesn't need to be beat that horse anymore. That leaves us with two: the Feral Flying Pig and the Fuente Añejo. For me, the Feral Flying Pig is such a good cigar, but I think it has to be the Añejo this year. I think it comes down to availability. Yeah. You know, I mean, the, you've got to be a Drew Diplomat dealer. You only get a couple of boxes of them a year. 
I think availability is going to have to eliminate the feral flying pig from this category. Which is saying a lot considering how hard it is to get a hold of an Inejo. Now, that being said, it's not like it used to be. About five, six, ten years ago, if you d- didn't get to your brick and mortar within two days of the shipment coming in, you weren't getting them. Nowadays, even before this year's were released, I was still seeing them on, seeing them on the shelves at some shops. Um, not the shark. You'll never see the shark if you wait more than a day. But so for a cigar that, that can also be hard to get to, to do it on availability, I think you're absolutely right. Plus this year, it just stood out to me as being better than I remember. I don't know if it actually was better this year or if, if it was just the way I was remembering it, but man, I was impressed. Well, it knocked my socks off. You smoked one on the show. Mm-hmm. And last the, week, in fact. Yeah, last week. And a couple of days later, we were here to watch the Alabama-Oklahoma game. And I went in there and I picked one up. And it just absolutely – and I'm not a Fuente guy. And I enjoy Fuente's product. I'll never say anything bad about Fuente's product, but I am not the hardcore Fuente guy. Right. And I'm definitely more of a Drew Estate culturally than I am a Fuente. No, absolutely. And, and I'm not really a Fuente guy either, but, man, this one just – but the Cigar of the Year, best of show, has got to be the Fuente Añejo. Well, that was a lot of fun. Everybody, I want to say, as we're wrapping up the show, thank you for giving us another wonderful year on the Cigar Cast. I know I, I said all my thank yous and stuff last week, so I won't go back into that and beat that dead horse. However, I just do want to say thank you for giving us another wonderful year on the Cigar Cast. We are really looking forward to 2019. Some wonderful cigars and everything that that brings us you know last week after the show we sat down we made our plans for what 2019 is going to look like on the cigar cast we've got a lot of great stuff coming to you this week we're raising our game our, we are our new year's resolution to you is we are raising our game the cigar cast is going to go to that next level this year and we cannot do that without your help we need your input for you to continue to tell us what we're doing right what we're doing wrong and to help give us content. So if you've got ideas and topics for future shows, if you've got shops that you think maybe we should visit and people we should talk to, we'd love to hear that from you. You can always get a hold of us, info at thecigarcast.com, also facebook.com slash thecigarcast, and we're on Instagram and Twitter at thecigarcast. And we really do love hearing from you guys. Well, until next week, everyone enjoy a Fuente Añejo and think well of us. 